Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today we have Drew Robinson on the show. He is a social studies teacher at a charter school here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. He also is a former Mormon and he is married to a badass career oriented woman. That's true. And he is also friends with my husband, Pete. They play soccer together. You guys are actually really good friends. So that's how we know each other. Yeah. Pete was really nice to me when I moved here. So I didn't know anybody when I originally moved to LA so and you're from Utah yeah right they so. call you guys the Utah you and our other friend Gary yeah and there's one Utah. more there's one more Utah, Utah crew Lauren yeah there's Lauren. three of us <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you on today your wife has been on the show she was talking about her career and balancing that with marriage because she has a very demanding career that is very true <laughs> and we will talk about that later uh, but first I would love to talk about your because you've been married before mm -hmm. when you were part of the yeah. Mormon church and I actually I don't know much about the Mormon church I, I know some people but I I don't know that many where I'm comfortable enough to ask yeah the questions and you you told me you're open to answering my oh questions. yeah any questions I'm, I'm definitely open to that so I think I'm like fifth or sixth generation Mormon okay so like my great 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 something on my dad's side they immigrated here from England and moved to Utah and to this small town in southern Utah called Paraguna, which where my grandparents still live today. That's actually how my parents met was through the Mormon church was because uh, the Mormon church actually had a really big push to um, bring uh, Native Americans in. And my mom was part of this program that fostered, she actually left her family when she was 11 during the school year and was like would live with this family in the same town that my dad grew up in. So they were neighbors like around the block. And for clarity, you're, are you half Native American? Yes, my mom's my mom's Navajo and my dad's white dude. Okay, <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's actually how they met. And then they, you know, raised their family Mormon. And I, I did the whole thing. I mean, most people probably know Mormons like either through the Book of Mormon play, which is hilarious. Yes. Whitney actually took me to that, and it it was just a little too much for me because it's like a lived experience, and you're watching it like back at you. And then probably the missionaries, probably the other thing that people know, like guys with the name tags. Um, so I was one of those guys. I actually went to the Philippines. I lived in the Philippines for two years, and when I returned from that, when I was 21, so when you leave now. I think now it's you're 18. You can go when you're 18 years old. Okay. When I went, you had to be 19. Okay. I came back, I was uh, 21, and then I got married about a year later, after I returned. And did you meet your first wife through the church? Um, no, through school. I knew her before I, before I left. So she was from the same town as me, and we went to school together. She was a few years younger than me. And then were you part of the same church? No. Okay. No. At, was her family Mormon? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, her, I think her mom was, I don't think her, I don't think her dad was. Okay. But her mom was for sure. Because we did the whole like marriage in the temple. So most people probably know that Mormon temples, especially if like here in LA, like in Century City. They're beautiful. Yeah. You see the big building with the little statue at top and they're all over. And probably most people maybe know the one in Salt Lake. That's kind of the iconic one. So when, when we got married at, at that point, you know, it's, it's kind of expected of you to get married really young in the Mormon religion. Do they say anything about that? Is there anything, is, is it just kind of just expected on you? Or do, 
is does someone say something specifically to you or is it just kind of watching everyone around you? I think it's like cultural. Okay. Um, I mean, because there's a really huge uh, taboo about any type of like sexual relations before marriage. Okay. So, I mean, I, I can be honest about that. Like when me and my wife or my ex-wife got married, it was about that. Like, you know, we're, she was 18 or 19. I was 21, 22. So I was like, we're just kids. And so... We we wanted to like progress the relationship to that stage, but within the religion and within the culture, we couldn't take that next step unless we were married. I mean, we could have, but just, uh, you know, feeling okay about it or being accepted like with the families and the community, we kind of had to take that step to get there, which is a terrible way to start off a marriage, come to find out um, after the fact. But it, it's just one of those things now I look back on where, you know, when it comes to like religious communities and marriage, there's not really a lot of advice or like information about marriage. It's kind of like you're just a kind of expected to know how to behave. It's like you go one day, you're a kid, and the next day it's like now you're an accepted like adult member of the community, but like nothing really has changed for you, so... It was just like this thing where you don't really know what to do. And the religion tries to teach you some things about it. I was going to ask, is there like counseling? Yeah, not really. I mean, I think there is. I know with some other religions, like there is an expected like course you take when you're going to get married as a member of that religion, that you take this course they have. I I never had anything like that. Um, but I think that it is available. But it's just, you know, this cultural thing, like you're expected to like go on a mission, which I did, and then you get married and it's like life is going to be amazing and awesome after this. And, you know, after, after we got married, it was good for, I mean, to be honest, it it was like two weeks after we got married and I was just like, something was just off and I didn't really understand what that was at the time. But I think there's this expectation like, oh, things are going to be different now. You know, I'm married. So, like, the world is going to change and it's going to be brighter and sunnier outside. And 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 it, and it wasn't, which we were just too, we were just too young. I mean, the bottom line was we were just too young to, to jump into that without any understanding of what, what we were getting into. I, I, maybe she thinks different. I don't want to speak for... Uh, my uh, former wife, but for me, like I had no clue, and I was, you know, we we're going to school, working. Um, I played basketball, I was student athlete in college, so I had all these other things going on, and then to like have to try to nurture and like create this like relationship. We actually were married not long after we reconnected. I think five months. Okay, after you came back. Yeah. At, well, after we, like, reconnected. Okay. Because that's also a thing, like, within, like, Mormon culture is it's pretty, it's pretty normal to have, like, marriages happen within months of meeting. I think the earliest, the quickest one I have is um, one of my cousins. Two weeks. Wow. Him and his now wife. And, and they're, I mean, as far as I know, they're still married. But it was two weeks. They met. Two weeks later, he proposed. And then I think they were married like a month or two later. 
And then how long were you married for? Um, a year. A year? Yeah, I think it was about a year. I think we, we did separate at around seven or eight months. At the time I was, I was playing basketball, I was at a um, junior college, which is two years, and I was at the tail end of my second year. So I actually got a scholarship to move to Alaska to play basketball there and to go to school. And I left like that time was like that summer and it kind of came down to making a choice. And that was really, that was a really difficult time of trying to be honest with myself about what was going on, which is something like, and we will get into like the, my current marriage, but now it's something I really, I really focus on is like being honest and truthful about everything about how I feel about things. Um, because it, it was a really big step for me to just say, I don't want to be married to you anymore. And and especially within like the Mormon community, uh, divorce isn't really, it's not something that's like completely taboo where you'll be like rejected from the community, mm-hmm. but it's pretty, there's a pretty strong like push to like not get divorced. And you just kind of see that through whether it's taught to you at church or whether it's just through your observation of the community, you know, a lot of people. And, and it's like these generational changes, which as a history teacher always fascinates me, like this idea that people like, oh, people didn't get divorced back in the day. And that, like that's not true at all. Like people got divorced all the time. This idea that you have to just stick it out and, you know, you made this commitment, which is true. Like, you know, marriage is a, it's a really big step and it does take commitment, but I think there's a lot of situations that surround it, like probably culturally where people feel pressured to make this choice, which was how I felt. I felt like, okay, I have to make this choice. Like this is what is expected of me. And I did it. And then when I got to the other side, it was like, oh wait, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm completely off base here. So, Did you have anyone to talk to when you were realizing the truth that you didn't want to be married? My parents actually, uh, which was terrifying. Um, but outside of that, no, I, I didn't really know anybody who had been divorced, or I think some of my friends had gotten married. But I, I yeah, I didn't really have anybody. Actually, I brought it up with my parents. It got to the point where I, I couldn't, I couldn't function anymore. Like I was so depressed and so upset, and I did talk to her about it. And we went and saw our like religious leader, and this is this is actually the event that kind of moved me towards not being Mormon anymore, because I had a really you know there's a really strong belief within Mormonism is that like your your religious leader is like has this direct connection to God, and because you're under their like stewardship, they can basically receive information from God for you. And so I was like, cool, let's go talk to him. Let's go talk to this guy. They're called bishops. They'd be like a pastor in probably more mainstream uh, Christianity. So we went and talked to him. And and to be honest, when after we got married, we didn't really go to church that much. Like we just were lazy. You know, we're just kids. We're like, eh, I don't want to go today. So we didn't go on Sundays. I think I'd met him once and we uh, went and talked to him. And I was like, cool, like, I felt really sure about how I felt. You know, I was like, this is the right choice. Like, we shouldn't be married right now. And so I thought when we went and talked to him that he would be like, yeah, you're you're right. God's telling me that, you know, you're correct. And 
that's not what he said at all. And he, he called, he, he belittled me and he called me dumb, immature and stupid. And that's when I was like, Whoa, I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. Right. And so that was a kind of the first step of like, Oh, maybe like this whole religion thing isn't for me or it's not what it says it is. And what was that process like to leave the church? Like, what do you have to do? Is there any formalities? To there that? is actually. Yeah. I think now there's uh, cause there's a lot of people who have um, been leaving most, most people who like were raised religious, just like, well, I just stopped going and, and that's it. Does your family still go? Yeah. They do. Okay. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm the only one that I know of that doesn't participate anymore, but my parents do, my, my siblings do, their kids, the whole family does. Um, but there is like a formal process you have to go through. Now I think you can just like put your, there's like a website, this like lawyer set up this website. And, and a lot of people <clears throat> leave because they don't want to be contacted by the missionaries, usually the missionaries or like the members of the congregation. Because there's, there's a really uh, big built-in, like, it, I'll say support system. It's not really a support system, but, like, there's a lot of, from the outside looking in, it looks like a support system. So, like, there would be somebody who would come and, like, hey, how are you doing? And once a month or whatever. But when you leave the religion, like, you don't want that anymore. You don't want contact. So, you actually do have to go through a full process. You send in a letter to the headquarters and you request that your name is taken off the records. And then I think now, like, because that lawyer set up that website, most people don't have to interact with anybody else once they put their name in and say, hey, I, I don't want to be part of this anymore. Um, but that wasn't around when I did it. So actually, I had to send in a letter. They then contacted the local bishop or the local pastor who I had never seen because I hadn't really, once um, that interview happened with me and my ex-wife, I was um. I was like, okay, I'm done. And then when I went to Alaska, nobody knew me, didn't know anybody else. So I like explored life a little more than I hadn't. Um, so I hadn't, I hadn't been to church at a long time. And this like guy shows up at my house one night, knocks on the door. I'd never met him before. And he was just, basically he just said, do you want to leave the religion? And I said, yes. And that was it. Then he left. So now you don't have to do that anymore because I know a lot of, there are a lot of experiences that people have where they're pressured by people and it's king, like, it tips over into the, like the more abusive side and like harassment. Um, but I didn't know the guy. He didn't know me. Actually, it was like my girlfriend at the time was over and she wasn't Mormon. So she was like, what is all this about? Like, and so, you know, trying to explain the whole like depth and detail of these things to people who, aren't really familiar with it is like eye-opening and kind of like crazy to people like they see it and they're like wait that's how it functions like that's how it works like everyone seems so nice and like generous and kind it's like that's true those things are true but there's like the the behind the scenes stuff that a lot of people don't understand or know and i guess you wouldn't unless you were in the church and, yeah and saw yeah. all that mm -hmm. so when it's you are allowed to remarry obviously you're like you're yeah. doing your own thing now but within it's different for males and females right don't yes. the males have to sign off or something like that yep. if yeah. the female wants to remarry yeah so um my my ex she i think she almost got married not long after we divorced 
Um, she almost got married, but then it was maybe three or four years later. I was back in Utah. So after college, I graduated. I was back in Utah, and I got a random, I think it was a text message from her saying that she was going to get married again. And um, the way that it works is, so there's, um, most people know like Mormonism and associated with polygamy, which is true. Historically, Mormons have practiced polygamy. Um, it's not an actual, like now, like the main, because there's a lot of branches of Mormonism. Most people don't know that. Like there's a lot of different groups. The main one, which is in Salt Lake, doesn't, they don't practice polygamy officially anymore. But because of that, that like belief and doctrine, if I wanted to get remarried within the Mormon religion as a male, I could just do that as long as the female is not married or like Mormon married to somebody else. But she did have to reach out to me to have me write a letter again, send it into the headquarters and sign off on the dissolvement of our Mormon marriage before she could remarry um, within the Mormon church. I don't know. From her end, I think about it. I'm like, she probably was so scared to ask me. Like, are you, can you? And I was like, yeah, no problem. Like, this is dumb. Like, I shouldn't have to do this or you shouldn't have to do this to just to get remarried. And, um, but yeah, so she had to like reach out to me. Her bishop or pastor reached out to me. I wrote a letter and I, guess it was approved because she's married now. I think she has a few kids or something now. There's not really any contact between us, um, but I think I've seen a few things. You know, social media kind of connects everybody. <laughs> so I think it's popped up, but hopefully she's doing good and happy and has a life that she wants. Do you feel like you're fully healed from leaving the church? Like, do you have any ill feeling when you go back home and there's some people, you know, who are yeah. still going to the church? No, okay. <laughs> I think it's, um, I think it's one of those things where you just kind of have to accept that you probably won't, it won't heal to a certain point because, um, especially for somebody in my case, like it's, it's always there. My family still participates, like they still do those things. And it was a struggle for a few years with my family because, you know, obviously, um, they didn't want me to leave and, you're kind of conditioned to believe that like this is the only belief system that is right. And because of that, once somebody questions it, it, I mean, it's just like anything, you know, when, whenever us as individuals, like somebody questions us and something that's like a really core belief, we tend to not be really open to discuss those things. You know, we, we tend to like tense up or like protect ourselves and, and lash out or, or whatever, whatever our coping mechanism is. And so when I, expressed to my family that I was going to do this. It, it was really a struggle between us. And it, it, you know, looking back, I didn't really handle leaving all that well. But I think the hard thing is, like, from my side, I was like, I was hurting because this whole, like, belief set that would have been taught to me since I was a little kid, I didn't believe in it anymore. And I found, like, reasons to not believe like it wasn't just like I was lazy or I wanted to drink or I wanted to have sex or I wanted to do drugs like that wasn't it that wasn't a uh, that wasn't a reason it was that I found these like historical reasons of like these stories that I heard growing up 
and then I researched them because I teach history. I'm a social studies teacher, so I like that was my education. I looked up like the sources and all these things, and I was like, oh man, like, th- this isn't the story. My whole belief system is based off of a story that is like not factual. And so as I dove more into that information, I I just got to the point where like, I can't I can't like I can't be honest with myself and be a part of this thing anymore. And it took a long time. I mean, because like socially I did distance myself from being Mormon, but I kinda always thought like, ah, when I'm older and have a family, I'll probably go back and practice. Like, cause you know, like a lot of religions, you know, they have like really good teachings and values and morals and those things. But the thing that like growing up is I didn't understand that you could still have those things without religion. It took me leaving to be like, oh, oh, like I can still be a good person and have values and morals. I don't need to be a part of this thing to do that. And that, that's a really big step like that for most people, I think, is to kind of realize like, oh, like there's, because you're kind of taught like this, everybody who is outside of the church who isn't Mormon is like kind of inherently like bad. You know, you're, you're, you're taught to like be nice and kind, but there's like this belief of looking at somebody and like judging them. But I don't think being able to be, I don't think it, it's something that heals. I always wanted it to. And I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of people think like there's like, once I get to like this point, I'll be healed and I'm good. But it kind of took me realizing that's kind of a really Mormon way to think is like, there's like, there's like goals. Like once you reach this goal, you're good. And I think it just, like I don't think that'll, there's some things that we'll never be able to, to heal. I can cope with them. I, I have better coping mechanisms with it now. So like when I do go back home or I go to Utah, um, I don't get as angry as I would before. But there's certain, it's these things that I just kind of accept, like this is going to be a part of who I am. And hopefully I don't pass those things on, right? When Like when me and Winnie um, start a family to not pass my trauma and those things that are tough, I don't want to pass those things on to them. And so I don't think it's, there's not really a healing point, but it's better. Do you think that you've tried your best to um, have these conversations with your parents? I mean, because I met them briefly at you and Whitney's yeah. wedding. And from the outside, I just looked, I was like, oh, it's so nice. It just seems, it's, it seems like chill and peaceful. And they were very supportive. Yeah. Of course, behind the scenes, we, <laughs> I'm yeah. not their kid. Yeah. So do you feel that you have, you know, done your best to say everything that's been said. And then, of course, how people respond is never in our control. But do you feel like you've done your best to communicate? I tried, okay. you know, early on. And this is part of, like, when I said how I handled the the leaving, I could have done it better. The way that I am is, like, if there's a now, especially, is, like, if there's, and this is the reason why I'm that way, is that if there's, like, an issue or a topic, like, let's just talk about it. Let's bring it up. Let's put it all into the open so there's no lies. There's no anything yeah. like that. And I I did that approach at the beginning, and it was not the way to go. Okay. But over the years, we've kind of found this happy medium, you know, of I think them understanding that I won't ever be Mormon again. Acceptance. And yeah. And like, like just having my parents out here, I think it was – 
a couple years ago, actually. You know, we, we, we'll play soccer on Saturdays and we'll, we'll grab beers after. Like, that's just part of my life now. And I remember when they came out for that trip, I was like, okay, you guys need to, like, come and hang out with all of my friends and watch us drink beers. Like, that's a huge step for me, like, personally. Yeah. You know, like, for most people, like, oh, that's, why is that a big deal? It's not, it's, like, normal. But they did come and they did sit down. They drank Diet Coke and hung out with everybody and met everybody. And I think that was a kind of a big step for me personally for them to see like, oh, like the people that Drew is surrounding himself with are like good people. Like, you know, I, I would hope as a parent you see that and you're like, okay, we did, we did good, like, or we did enough for Drew to be able to like function and survive even though he's not Mormon anymore. Because a lot of, I know a lot of people view it that way. Like if you're not Mormon, then it's like you're just going off the deep end. And it was kind of this like acceptance. So, you know, you brought up acceptance on both sides where I had to not be so angry about everything. And when they bring up these things that are there, it's a part of their life, you know, like it's a part of who they are. And and I just kind of need to be okay with it and not get angry about it and and create like boundaries right setting boundaries like if there's something that is talked about or discussed I will bring it up I will say like I don't agree with that or or vice versa you know and and it's really been this like process of of us kind of finding a, a middle ground and so like the wedding was a big deal like having alcohol at the wedding that was like something that I was nervous about like how are you guys going to respond to this and same thing with like my my brother and sister and their kids like because and, and it's like a conversation that we had to have of like hey we want you to participate in this fully but if there are certain things about this that you're uncomfortable with or the kids being around then don't feel any pressure to like stay and make yourself uncomfortable like if you you know once the party gets going if you want to step away step away there's no hard feelings and but they were great. Like, like it was fun. Like, uh, I'd never seen most of the people in my family dance before, and that was the first time. Yeah, it was a great wedding. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Now we can talk about your current marriage. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. To Whitney. Yeah. How long have you been together? Oh, she's gonna murder me for not getting the. I think seven years now. That's a long time. That's longer than Pete and I've been together. Six years. And she's from Utah as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we were neighbors as kids. Her family, her family is like my second family growing up. Was her family Mormon as well? They were. Yeah. They were. And now. Yeah. Um, I think, I think her mom is the only one that practices a little bit, but the rest of this, like her siblings and her dad don't anymore. When you started dating and has she already left the church? Yeah. Because her experience was a little different than mine in that. She kind of always knew, like, this is not something for me, you know, when she was little. And then I think once she moved to L.A., it was kind of the same as me going to Alaska. It's like, nobody knows me. I can just be myself. And so I think once she moved to L.A., she stopped practicing altogether. But that's how we reconnected is that I need. I was coming to L.A. and I needed somewhere to stay. What were you coming to L.A. for? <laughs> I was going to be, I was interviewing to be on The Bachelor at <laughs> Bachelorette. Yeah. So I needed somewhere to stay. I didn't know anybody in L.A. except then I was like, oh, yeah, Whitney lives there. And that was, yeah, that's how we, that's how we met up. 
because she has such a demanding work schedule, she's mm-hmm. a professional dancer, she's mm-hmm. traveling more than half the year, right? Yeah. Has that ever been a problem or issue in your relationship? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I think it kind of goes back and forth between both of us of like who's having the issue with it. We're, we're pretty independent people. Most of the time, like I'm fine with her traveling so much uh, because it gives us something that I think that allows us to, to be like healthy individuals, having that space. It's hard like when it's prolonged, right? Prolonged times. Um, she, she usually just travels on the weekends now. Uh, but when she danced for um, Jennifer Lopez, like she would be gone for like a month or a month and a half. And she did a stint in Asia where she was gone for like two and a half to three months. We, me and her were actually talking about this yesterday. You know, being able to have that distance sometimes is a positive thing. I think it's a, it's a more like a net positive as opposed to like a, a, there are negatives with it. But I think it allows us to, to be good individuals, which allows us to then to hopefully be better together because we're allowed that space and ability to, to be ourselves apart from each other and then uh, to be able to have that relationship together. Because that was a big thing, like with Mormonism, right? It's like you're kind of taught like you and your spouse are like symbiotic, right? Like, but after my first marriage, I went through that learning process of like, all right, what do I really want in a partner? Mm. And that was one of the things was like, I don't want somebody who just needs to be like connected to me at all times. Like I, I'm a pretty independent person, so I need that space. And I think she feels the same way. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different, and um, but it is pretty demanding, and it's a, a different setup than most people have. But I think it it works for me. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for her if it works for her or not, but she's still doing that job, so I think it does work for her. <laughs> so I, I guess her actions speak. Did you have any hesitation to get married again? One hundred percent. Yeah, it's um, actually that's the first time me and Whitney hung out was um, was Christmas. She was actually in Utah when I, when I hit her up. I actually hit her up on Facebook. Um, <laughs> back when I had a Facebook, um, and and it was a month later we hung out. She came home for Christmas and she was in Utah, and she always says that like I was like I'm never getting married again, which is true. I I did have that that thought of I don't really want to get married again. I think it just you know as, as my belief set changed and I learned more marriage as it's kind of defined for us now wasn't I was like that's not really something that I want to do again not because I didn't want to like be with anybody or create a relationship or create a life with somebody I I was just bitter I guess you know of I lived my life according to how this belief set was supposed to be and it didn't work and it didn't work for me. Like I'm, I, that's the thing. Like as you grow and with this is like I don't judge anybody who wants to be religious or live their life that way. Um, I just kind of ask for that in return of like, hey, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And so I told her from the beginning, like I'd never want to get married again or like have a family, have kids. Like it's probably not for me. And to be honest, I I still kind of have those feelings. But being with Whitney, it was like, well. At the end of the day, I need to make a choice here if I want to be with Whitney. Because this is something that she wants. She wants to be married and she wants to have a family uh, more than I do. 
So I think it's like looking at it personally is, well, okay, I can like die on this hill of like, no, or I can adjust it, right? Which is what I wanted to do because I didn't want to not be with Whitney. Um, and the parameters of what that was, I didn't really have any anything set. She had more of the goal of like marriage and that. I didn't have that, but looking at it, I was... I was willing to be, okay, cool, yeah, let's do that. I want to be with you. This is what you want. Um, and this is something that you you want to do. I'm, I'm cool with taking that step. And it took me a long time. Did. It How did, long did it take you? Uh, five years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's patient. Yes. <laughs> so that's actually a good story is um, we, we got engaged in Germany. So I knew, like, I was going to propose to her in Germany. And I got the ring. I picked out the ring. Just without any help from her, she didn't even tell me what she wanted, and I did a great job. Awesome! I will, I will you always, I will always say that. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is, is I was, it was like our, like second to last day, um, on our trip, and I knew where I wanted to propose, and I was like, okay, I got, I had the whole thing planned out, and um, we went and had dinner the night before, and she brought up marriage, and I, I couldn't, I was like. I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to propose tomorrow, but we kind of started getting into it and she was like kind of mad about it. And I was like, okay, I got to pretend that I'm angry and I'm upset. And I got to, I have to like pretend fight with you right now because I don't want you to know that I'm going to propose to you tomorrow. Cause she was like, you know, we were like had a couple beers or glasses of wine or something. So she was like feeling it and like, when are we going to do this? Like, do you like really love me? Do you want to do like this? And I'm just, I'm like, I have to respond as if I'm not going to propose tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, we like got into an argument. And I like had to pretend and we like went back to the hotel and we just like still weren't talking to each other. And then the next morning when we went, um, we went to the spot where I was going to do it. And um, I don't think we'd really talked very much uh, up until like that point. That's one of my favorite ones. I was like, you were just like yelling at me in this square in Berlin the night before. I was going to propose to you. And I, because it, I was like pretending, but I was also like getting upset too. Like, this is messed up. I almost like told her, I was like, oh, I'm going to propose to you tomorrow. I think I had the, the ring in my pocket. So I was like, I don't want you to find it. Like, if you like have to look through my bag or something. Yeah, I almost was like, here. This is, I got it right here. Like, you're yelling at me for this thing. And, yeah, but it, it did take some time, you know, to get to that point where I was comfortable and lucky for me. She was very patient. And Well, I'm curious, like, what were the conversations? Like, did she have to give kind of like an ultimatum or a date at a certain point? I don't, I would say there was an ultimatum, but I don't think there was like a timeline on it. She, because okay. she'd expressed to me, like, if, if you don't want to do this thing that I want to do, then like, yeah, let's. Let's call it what it is, and and we'll go about it. Um, but no, no, there wasn't like a timeline. But she would express those things, and I think one of the things that it's really, you know, kind of having her be able to understand me and where I grew up and how I am. That was a really big um, thing for me when I was looking for a partner. You know, was. I needed somebody who understood what it was to be Mormon because I dated some, some women who had no clue. And from the outside looking in, some of like the, 
the mechanisms and how they function like personally like relationships and just um, in the community for most people outside looking in it's just it's nuts it's crazy it's like what you guys believe this like can you function this way so I knew I needed somebody who understood that and then on top of that somebody who understood like what it's like to leave the religion because that's its own thing and so because she had done that and you know she she just understood where we grew up and that was a really big thing for me because I bring a lot of bullshit to the table and if I don't have to explain most of it if somebody can just be like okay I get it like I grew up there too I understand it then it it allows for a good foundation to be set where I don't have to explain myself all the time when I respond a certain way or I get upset about certain things because, you know, back to like the healing will ever heal. No, because there's always something that like triggers me about something. I'll see something and, you know, the emotions will creep up and, and I'll respond that way. But because she understands that she was probably, I would, I don't know, I, I'll speak. I'll just say I probably because it was she knew where I grew up, she was willing to be a little more patient with me. And I was upfront with her in the beginning. I wasn't I didn't lie to her and be like, Oh yeah, I wanna like do these things. I was like, No, I don't wanna do those things again. But we created such a wonderful relationship together that I think for both of us it was, you know, her side of like the compromise was she was gonna be patient and my side of the compromise was like, All right, I'm gonna We'll get married. I'll do this thing that I didn't really want to do. And I don't know if we met in the middle, but we met somewhere. You know, we met somewhere there. And and her patience with me because of those things um, is definitely one of the reasons why I love her so much is because, you know, you look at the person that you're with and, and them kind of allowing you that freedom to be yourself is a really... It's a really big thing for me. Like, personally, like I need, I need that. Yeah, it's just like, hey... I'm going to be crazy, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, and allowing her allowing me to, to be that way is something that, yeah, it, it did take me that long, but I eventually kind of found that middle ground with her. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I think people, we, we like to assume that things are mm-hmm. great, like, oh my gosh, they're married, they're so cute, mm-hmm. they're beautiful together, mm-hmm. and... I mean, little do they know, every marriage, every relationship yeah. has its challenges. Mm-hmm. It's not everyone's like clear, like, you're the one, like movies, right? Yeah. Like, everything's great. Hesitations do come up. Mm-hmm. Questioning does come up. Like, am I doing the right thing? Do I want to be with this person? Yeah. And I wish people would talk about that more. And yeah. I mean, thank you for like sharing that with the world, too, because we're on a podcast right yeah. now. It's just not a conversation between yeah. friends. But this is mm-hmm. this is the real stuff. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I just, you know, you look out, and it's like, what was going to work for me? And, you know, finding out, like, that Mormonism had some flaws and some, like, errors and flat-out lies about how they approach things, like, that's where my love of, like, being honest and truthful comes from. Like, that, it's rooted, like, in discovering that these stories and these things that I was taught as a kid or lies and that experience was very you know so jarring to me that I wanted to continue that and it obviously is going to find its way into my relationships of like I'm going to be myself because now I'm not 
confined by this belief set anymore. I can be who I want to be and also like express to you like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling about this. Like, so when it came to talks of marriage and family is like, yeah, I have hesitancies because of this and being able to be with somebody who at least understands that part and where the hesitancy comes from. I guarantee she doesn't like that, but she understands where it comes from. And probably doesn't take it as personal either. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I mean, most times you talk about relationships and like, like advice and those things, like, just be honest, like, just, just throw it on the table and see what happens. Cause you know, a lot of people go through relationships and that's like kind of like in Mormon culture and a lot of cultures too. It's like, you just, you know, you're married and this is what it is. So stick it out. And it's like, it's no way to be because like if somebody's not invested in, if one party's not invested in this thing, then it's going to be bad for both people, right? It's not going to be something where you just kind of go through life and you're like, yeah, I'm happy and this and that. And when in reality, you're like, you're miserable and, you know, living that way. And that's kind of like, which is my first marriage. It taught me that was, I can't, I can't live this way, which which kind of puts you in a pretty dangerous space, you know, um, where I was like at that time, like <clears throat> because of the religion and the marriage and those things, it was like, you know, you, you look for, you look kind of look for outs and you're like, well, if I'm just not here and I'm not alive anymore, then this problem goes away. And that was when actually, when I told, like brought it up to my family that I was like, Hey, I'm, I don't want to be married anymore. It was, I was seriously like, contemplating things you know about like um committing suicide and then once i kind of said that out loud or like the idea of how it would happen you know like once that hit i was like okay i need to talk to somebody i just need to say this because you go into dark places you know and and luckily for me like my parents were accepting and and loving at that point and i, I probably could have told other people as well um, so that's something like where even at the times where I did leave the religion and and things weren't really great between me and my family, I always go back to that that moment where I was like, hey, when I was at my darkest and I relied on you, you were there. So even though we have disagreements about like how I live my life and the things, those things, um, there's always that foundation with them. That's like, hey, if I need to come to you with something that's very important, I know that you'll listen to me. You may not like the details, but you'll be there. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your story. Yeah. If people, do you want anyone to <laughs> contact you? <laughs> if they want to uh, comment, do you have like an Instagram or email or would you rather? Yeah, I, I do have an Instagram. <laughs> I don't really use it. I actually have to start using it more. We were talking before, like me and me and Whitney are going to start a podcast, Crash Family Robinson. It will at some point come out <laughs> hopefully in the next uh, month or so but on instagram it's just my name drew robinson okay. I, I got in early so i gotta you got your name i got, I got my name i'm you're not the only drew robinson how yeah. many there's it's probably like my name christine chang right? yeah there's there's, there's, there's a, a lot. lot yeah you're lucky yeah. and you don't even use it i don't even use much. it i'm just waiting for the other drew robinson who really needs it like, bring <laughs> that up. bring that offer to the table i'm ready for it uh, yeah, Drew Robinson, and then W. Bez is Whitney. She has better content than me, and she moves a lot better. So W. Bez, but did she take your last name officially? Nope. 
Oh, she didn't. Mm-mm. Oh, no hyphen or anything. Oh, well, because her professional name. That's yeah. like me. I, yeah. CC forever. Mm-hmm. I told Pete. I take his yeah, name. I don't. That's something I was like, I don't care. I Whatever you want to do. I think it kind of comes down to maybe like a laziness thing of like going through the process. It's true. It's like so dumb. Yeah. Like, no, uh, I agree. We're practical too. Yeah. And if she wants to do it, cool. If not, same. It doesn't matter to me. Awesome. Thank you but, so much yeah, for coming. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you for listening, everyone. If you've enjoyed the show, please give it five stars and write a review. It helps my rankings, and I really, really appreciate it. And if you're interested in my book to read or gift to a friend, it's called Show Up, Finding Love for Independent Women, and it's available on Amazon. Have a great day.